my name is Ben Leffler. I am a former uh, recovering city council candidate from District 9, Austin City Council. Campaigns are year to year, and we need something that is permanent, uh, that's putting out a progressive voice, that's putting out progressive messaging, that's activating people, that's doing all the things that a campaign can't do. Campaigns end. My campaign ended a little bit too early in my mind, <laughs> but we know that we have Progress Texas put out a positive message that's connecting Texans um, around uh, you know, progressive values. It's Tuesday, September 12th, 2023, and this is the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch. Rapid response on the breaking news stories Texas progressives need to know. I'm Chris Mosier. The fifth day of the Ken Paxton impeachment trial yesterday saw the first in-depth, first-hand discussion of the extramarital affair that House impeachment managers have placed at the center of Paxton's misconduct as attorney general. From Aron Torres at the Dallas Morning News, witness Catherine Missy Carey, who was chief of staff for Paxton from 2016 through 2020, testified that the AG had confessed to her in 2018 that he was having an affair with a woman named Laura Olson who real estate developer Nate Paul has admitted in a separate deposition to have hired to work for one of his companies, though he has denied this hiring was a favor to Paxton, as has been alleged. Kerry gave details on a meeting of Paxton's office staff at which his wife, Senator Angela Paxton, was present, ostensibly marking the end of the affair, which, in fact, it did not, leading later to an angry confrontation between Kerry and Paxton after he lied to her about who Olson was and during which she warned her boss that he was leaving himself vulnerable to bribery. Patrick Svitak at the Texas Tribune writes that House impeachment managers believe that Paxton was motivated to help Paul due to his, quote, desire to continue his affair and hide it from his wife and religious voters, unquote, and that Paul's hiring of Olson was designed to facilitate a move for her from San Antonio to Austin, where Paxton lives. The AG's defense lead, Tony Busby, aggressively cross-examined Carrie, attempting to undermine her memory of events and downplaying the seriousness of adultery, saying, quote, Imagine if we impeached everybody here in Austin that had had an affair. We'd be impeaching for the next 100 years, wouldn't we? Unquote. All of this testimony, of course, happened in the presence of Senator Paxton, who is required to attend but not allowed to vote or take part in deliberations. Angela Paxton has continued to dress in an uncharacteristic bright red, apparently signifying support for her husband. Another major turn yesterday came from the testimony of former Travis County Assistant DA Greg Cox, who revealed for the first time that he had conducted a preliminary investigation into the relationship between Paxton and Paul, during which he identified other potential crimes Paxton may have committed, but that his investigation was halted by an undisclosed official with the U.S. Attorney's Office. Another interesting tidbit came from Mark Penley, a former deputy for criminal justice under the Paxton office, who related Paxton's expressed general mistrust of law enforcement, which Paxton has characterized as the reason for his sympathy with Nate Paul, who has claimed to be the target of unfair and unwarranted federal investigations. Finally, in impeachment developments, it turns out the trial may end more quickly than had originally been expected. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who is presiding over the trial, has said that deliberations could begin as early as this Thursday. Other Texas news to cover as John Grisham, yes, the world-famous legal fiction author, has weighed in via an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal 
on the flawed science that led to the conviction and death sentence of a Texas father. The Death Penalty Information Center reports that Robert Robertson was convicted and sentenced for the 2002 death of his two-year-old daughter, Nikki. His conviction based upon a theory of shaken baby syndrome that has since been discredited. Even the doctor who initially proposed the shaken baby syndrome hypothesis has disavowed it. A judge with the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals rejected new scientific understanding of the matter and upheld Robertson's conviction in 2016. Robert Robertson has a petition pending now before the U.S. Supreme Court. Here at Progress Texas, we've celebrated the passing and signing of the Crown Act, the new law that forbids Texas schools from disciplining students over culturally-based hairstyles. Shandellis Duster at CNN says that new law has been skirted by administrators at Barbers Hill High School in Mont Bellevue, east of Houston, where a black student has been suspended for more than a week because his lock hairstyle violates the school district's dress code, which the district holds does not conflict with the Crown Act as it dictates hair length for male students. Texas State Representative Ron Reynolds, chair of the Texas Legislative Black Caucus and one of the Crown Act's authors, has written to the district on behalf of the caucus, finding the treatment of this student unacceptable and adding that the district's policies, quote, continue a dangerous precedent against students who may face undue disciplinary actions despite codified protections passed by state lawmakers, unquote. We direct you back to a great talk on our Progress Texas Happy Hour podcast with Representative Retta Bowers on the Crown Act, which we celebrated back in July. Football and politics don't frequently overlap, but they do in a story surrounding the win by the Texas Longhorns football team over Alabama this last weekend. Writer Des Beeler at the Washington Post says the University of Alabama has released a statement saying it is, quote, disgusted by racist and homophobic taunts that were captured on now viral video being hurled from the stands by Alabama fans at Texas players after the Longhorns upset win. Multiple reports of ugly treatment of visiting Texas fans by Alabama homestanders were reported as well. It could be the beginnings of a rather unfriendly relationship as Texas joins the Southeastern Conference and becomes a regular Alabama opponent, both in Tuscaloosa and in Austin as of next year. Wrapping up today with a bit of a weird one, I suppose depending on your views around artificial intelligence and its gradual creep into our everyday lives, MySanAntonio.com writer Chris O'Connell says Violet Crown Church, a Methodist congregation in North Austin, will become the first known recipients of a sermon generated by AI this Sunday. An event that has already drawn some online backlash. Early internal reviews of the AI's work say it's quite dry and somewhat lacking in soul. And that's the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch for this Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. Links to all these original stories can be found in our show notes. Thanks to your support, our podcasts are now within the top 5% for listenership in the entire world. Please consider helping us continue our important work by joining our ongoing membership drive. Learn more at progresstexas.org. I'm Chris Mosier. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again tomorrow.